It's good to be together, isn't it? Hi, my name's Sarah. I'm on the team here at St. Mungo's. So we are um, we're continuing in our series of generosity. Um, and to kind of lead us into that, I wonder if I was to ask you uh, to name a celebrity partnership, who would come to mind? Would it be the legendary uh, Morecambe and Wise, perhaps? The intriguing Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson? What about Han Solo and Chewie? Uh, the very uh, creative uh, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, the very current Ant and Deck, uh, the very funny French and Saunders. What about Frodo Baggins and Samwise Gamgee? I've just rewatched The Lord of the Rings with my girls over the past few weeks. Love Frodo and Sam. Love Frodo and Sam. And what about Laurel and Hardy? Maybe they would appear in your uh, celebrity partnerships. Now, these are brilliant partnerships. People who, by uh, being together, make each other better. And this morning, we are looking at partnership. And our theme is the partnership of the generous. And to help us think through this idea a little, we're going to use some verses from 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9. Now, don't panic. We're not going to go through both those chapters verse by verse, but we are going to pull out some verses to hopefully help us to open up this idea of partnership and generosity. Now, just to uh, set the context for us, um, we'll see that in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, Paul is encouraging the Corinthians to financially support the Jewish Christians who were struggling. The Corinthians were initially keen to help and ready to send an offering. However, a year had passed and they'd still not sent their offering. And Paul in these chapters is urging the Corinthians to follow through on their promise. Now, you'll remember uh, that Ollie talked about money and giving last week, so I'm not going to focus on the money aspect. However, there is a bigger picture at play in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 in terms of partnering with others. And that's the thread that we're going to follow. Now, as I've been reading uh, and thinking about generous partnerships this week, I began to wonder... How do we get to the point where we want to be generous partners? Because I don't know about you, but it's not always in my nature or in my thinking to be a generous partner. Well, in writing to the Corinthians to encourage them to be generous, Paul urges them to be like the Macedonians. So let's read what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 to 5, to find out why. I'm going to be reading from the NLT, and it's 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 5. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They were being tested by many troubles, and they were very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. 
For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and then to us, just as God wanted them to do. So the Macedonians had many troubles and were very poor. The NIV says they had severe trials and were in extreme poverty. However, Paul points out that they also had abundant joy and overflowed with generosity. And I think verse 4 is pretty unheard of in today's culture. Paul writes that the Macedonians had begged him repeatedly to allow them to help with the gift, calling it a privilege. Now, I'm not sure I've ever begged anyone to allow me to be generous to them. The ESV translates verse 4 as begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. The Macedonians told Paul that giving, financially in this case, was a privilege, counting it as favor to them. And did you see a key to the Macedonians' outrageous generosity in verse 5 there? They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and then to us, just as God wanted them to do. Firstly, they gave themselves to the Lord and then to others. How do we get to the point where we want to be a generous partner? We give ourselves to the Lord first. And in that place, our priorities and our focus align with his. And in that place, our generosity is motivated by him and what he's done for us. In verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 8, uh, Paul gives us not just another key to generous partnership, but I would like to suggest is the key to generous partnership. Verse 9 says, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty... He could make you rich. The heartbeat of radical generosity is the gospel of Jesus. The heartbeat of radical generosity is the gospel of Jesus. The one who was rich beyond all measure, all splendor, became poor so that we, through his poverty, could become rich. These verses in 2 Corinthians 8 are about giving our money, but they are also about how the gospel of Jesus changes lives, changes people, changes us to our very core. 
And Paul is pointing out to both the Corinthians and ourselves that the one thing that can and should shape everything is the cross of Jesus. He's he's reminding them, he's calling them, and he's calling us to be cross-shaped people, to live cross-shaped lives. That's why Paul is giving the Corinthians the example of the Macedonians, because the Macedonians had grasped that laying down our lives for others, like Jesus did, is the kind of thing cross-shaped people do. And I wonder, is there anything more radical in our money-obsessed, self-obsessed, individualistic society than this kind of self-forgetful, extravagant, cross-shaped generosity? The gospel of Jesus, the laying down his life, the giving up his riches and making himself poor for us is not only the key uh, for our generosity, but once we grasp it, it shapes our attitudes and our priorities as we seek to figure out the direction for our generosity. It helps us to decide where and how to be generous. We can offer uh, generous encouragement readily, But we know realistically, we we cannot respond to every need we see. So particularly for the bigger needs around us, it's wise to think about how and where we express our generosity. And it's wise to discover what's on Father God's heart and what he's doing in the world, allowing him to then direct our partnerships, our generosity. Now, in Philippians 1, verse 5, Paul writes um, that he prays with joy because the Philippians have been partners in the gospel. When we grasp that Father God has called us to be partners with him, it really changes everything. It transforms our understanding, not just of giving money, but partnering in generosity, living cross-shaped lives with him and for him. So where and how to be generously partnering can look like many things. A couple of weeks ago, Catherine mentioned seven ways to live and to maybe partner generously. Thoughts, words, time, influence, attention, belongings, and money. She also mentioned listening as an act of generosity. And she suggested that sharing our story is a generous thing to do for someone. And I love that, but I'd never thought of that before. But, you know, it makes total sense. How often have we uh, been strengthened and encouraged and helped by someone else sharing their story? Someone else generously sharing their story. It's so important. Now, generous partnerships can also look like being generous in our prayer life, 
both at home in our uh, thin place with God and also at church, in our prayer cells, in our house groups and here. Uh, being generous in praying for someone when they say, I've got a sore back or a headache or my legs sore. Let's do it in the moment. Let's pray right in there. Let's take uh, our faith, even if it's uh, mustard seed sized, and be generous with our faith and be generous with our prayers. Let's be generous in our encouragement. Is there a specific word of encouragement we can give someone? Let's be generous with speaking the truth. And I'm talking about the word of God over somebody else's life when they need it. What about physical contact? COVID has restricted us of this over the past three years. But can we be generous and appropriate in our physical contact? Does someone need an arm around their shoulder, a hug, a gentle touch on their arm? It may be that for some, that physical touch is not something they experience regularly. But we all need it. We all need it. And practically, and we, you know, we as a church, we, we do this so well. Practically, can we generously offer to do someone shopping? Uh, take, out, um, take someone out for coffee, clean their house, do the ironing, fix a fence. Whatever and wherever the need is, can we generously partner with people when they need it? This is all part of partnering in the gospel. This is the partnership of the generous. And I'd like us to just to move on a little and to look at a few verses from chapter 9. So 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8. So let's read those. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You must decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Our motive as Christians is really important. 1 Samuel 16 verse 7 tells us God, uh, God does not look at outward appearances, but he looks at our heart. Our generosity must come from our hearts, not from a place of I should do this or I should do that, or from any other external or internal pressure. In generously partnering with others, Father God is interested in the state of our hearts. He's interested in the state of our hearts. And perhaps the challenge for us today is the state of our heart. 
Is our hearts, are our hearts open and soft? Or are they closed and hardened? And what's the posture of our heart before the Lord? Is it surrendered? Or is it armoured up? What's the posture of our heart before the Lord? Because the state of our heart will affect the level of our generosity, will affect our desire to be generous to others. Do we need to be reminded today of the radical generosity, the life-changing, transformational work of Jesus on the cross? who laid it all down that we may be rich in him. Do we need to experience again his generous heart for us? And what's the knock-on effect? What's the result of generously partnering with others? Well, believe it or not, there's an extravagant grace for us in that. In in verse 8 of uh, chapter 9, Paul says, And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Giving is a matter of faith. We obey God and we believe and we trust that he will meet our needs as we uh, help others, as we help to meet the needs of others. And Paul tells us that Father God will provide all we need. And we know uh, we're not guaranteed wealth or an abundance of material things. That's not what Paul is saying but we will have everything we need when we need it, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. That's the goodness and the faithfulness and the grace of God right there. That in being generous, we too are generously provided for. Let's draw our time together by looking at what I think is a really exciting result, knock-on effects of being generous. 2 Corinthians 9, 12 and 13. So two things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. Paul's saying the Jewish believers will, will be joyful. They will joyfully give thanks to God when they receive the generous, uh, the generous gift. And they will give glory to God. They will give praise to God. And this reminded me of the pattern that Ollie was encouraging us to follow at the start of the series. Paul is saying that generosity leads to thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for what he has done. 
which leads to praise, giving praise and glory for who he is, faithful, promise keeper, provider, which we know leads to trust. Trust arises through generosity. Trust that he will provide for all that we need. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be part of a generous partnership or generous partnerships that cause thanksgiving to arise, that causes praise to erupt, and that increases trust in him. I think the Macedonians got it right. What a privilege to generously partner with those around us. As we close, I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And I'd like us just to spend a little bit of time with the Father. Maybe we've been reminded again today that we are cross-shaped people with cross-shaped lives. Maybe this morning there are things that in response to the radical generosity of Jesus we need to lay down in order to grasp again the heartbeat of generosity. Maybe there's some of us for whom the example of the Macedonians giving themselves firstly to the Lord is resonating with us. Perhaps for some of us, it's time to give ourselves back to the Lord. Maybe we've been a bit all over the place. Maybe we've been a little bit disconnected or a little bit lost. His generous heart, which is all grace, all forgiveness, all faithfulness and love, is longing for you. Is longing for you. Maybe it's time to give ourselves back to the Lord. Maybe this morning we're aware that the state and the posture of our hearts is not as perhaps it ought to be. Perhaps our hearts are hard and closed off. Perhaps the posture of our heart is not as it should be. Perhaps we're armoured up. Perhaps we secretly know, and nobody else does, that our heart is not surrendered. Maybe this morning it's time to respond to the invitation of the Spirit. To allow him to soften our hearts once again. To experience afresh the extravagant generosity of the Father's heart of love for us. And perhaps this morning we need to pause and to ask Father God what and who is on his heart to ask how we can respond as a generous partner to others. Perhaps he'll lay just one person on your heart. Perhaps he'll, it'll be a family that comes to mind. Perhaps he'll, he'll whisper an organization or a charity into your mind. But I want us just to wait and to allow the Holy Spirit just to continue to move as we just listen and as maybe we respond to what we've heard this morning. So we're just going to do that in silence for a moment. Let's just pray. Let's just take a moment. Come Holy Spirit. We thank you that you are here.
we thank you for your generous, extravagant, <laughs> amazing love for us. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Would you come now and just whisper to our hearts and our minds what we need to hear from you?